0: You are listening to a message recorded at Living Hope Church in Southwick, Massachusetts. We hope you find encouragement through God's Word today. It's 2024. It's tomorrow. Can you imagine? Man, I'm disappointed with 2023 already. I can tell you right now, when I was a kid, they told us we were going to have like cities in the clouds and flying cars and all sorts of cool things and things were going to be spotless. And it's just basically all that we have today is like AI and people not wanting to work. So hardly... Hardly the the gleaming utopia that they were promising 30, 40 years ago. But it's next, uh, it's tomorrow is 2024. And so 2024, uh, we want to communicate to you a new vision for this year. I've been praying about what the Lord would want me to share with you guys today and what is on uh, his heart and my heart for you as living hope this morning. And it's simply this, is that he wants to prepare his people for his return. God wants to prepare his people for when Christ comes back. Am I saying he's coming back this year? No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that we need to have a heart that's ready and looking forward to when Jesus comes back and that we're ready for his return when he does. God wants us to understand his word better. He also wants us to be able to be people who are devoted disciples of Jesus. So my vision for 2024 is simply this, to be ready for the Lord's return. Our focus verse is found in Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 40. If you have your Bible, turn there. If you don't have your Bible, you can look on the screen behind me. One other thing I'll say about your week of fasting and prayer that really was very helpful last year. Do yourself a favor and get off social media for that entire week. In fact, get off all media for the entire week. Turn off the TV, Turn off Facebook, turn off YouTube, and spend time without any of those things. Your state of mind will be vastly improved. And I'm even gonna challenge it one step further. I know you like to use your Bible app, you like to use your tablet, but you know what? That's not even good because you get notifications that come through. If you follow certain political parties, you'll get a political tweet that comes up, or you'll get a news item that comes up in your news feed, and something will It will upset you and set you off and get you distracted from God's Word. Could I challenge you to go old school and pull out the paper Bible and just during that week, during your times of devotion, just use the paper Bible, put the phone off to the side, put the tablet off to the side? I I tell you right now, you'll be amazed at how much God is able to speak to you when you are undistracted. As we get into the Word today, Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 40, Jesus says this to his disciples. He says, be dressed And ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Like servants waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet. So that when he comes and knocks they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master find them watching when he comes. Truly I tell you he will dress himself to serve. And will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. And it will be good for those servants whose masters find them ready even if he comes in the middle of the night or towards daybreak. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, because the Son of Man will come an hour you do not expect him. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just pray, Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to respond to your word. Holy Spirit, help us to receive your revelation of truth through the word of God today. And may it not just simply go into our ears and our minds, but may it penetrate our hearts and change us. Help us to become more like you, Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus often used stories to illustrate uh, the point that he is returning. Uh, He describes it to his disciples in different ways, Here he uses a master who is returning after being away at a wedding banquet and his servants being prepared and ready for him. Elsewhere, he uses the illustration of a wedding party waiting for a bride and groom to show up. On another occasion, he uses the story of a king who gave his servants uh, charge over talents, uh, large sums of money, and over cities. And when he returned, he asked them to give an account over their stewardship of what they did with what he gave them. In each story, Jesus shares with them a warning and an encouragement to the listener. The warning was usually to be ready and to be found doing what the master told you to do before he left. And the encouragement was that if you do those things, then when he returns, you will be rewarded. Now, the return of Jesus is the most cherished and one of the most important beliefs of the New Testament church, when the, the uh, church of Jesus Christ was established, when Jesus rose from the dead and he gave his disciples the mandate to go and re- preach the gospel and reach the world, when that church was established, uh, one of the key things that they were looking forward to and the, one of the things that they believed strongly and held on to was that Jesus could come back at any moment in their lifetime and that they needed to be ready. Take a look at Acts chapter eight. Sorry, Acts chapter one, verses eight through eleven, and Jesus says this before he is uh, taken up into heaven, and it reminds us that he will indeed return once more. We don't serve a, a, a savior who came and walked this earth, who lived and died and rose again that we'll never see again, but that but that we serve a savior that has part of his promise, he will return once more for those who believe. But before he left, he said this to his disciples. It's a familiar passage of scripture in Acts chapter one. In verse eight it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things and while they watched, he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, and who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who is taken from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So after the resurrection, Jesus spends 40 days with his disciples, teaching them and giving them instructions about what he wants them to do when he leaves. Then, after he commissions his disciples, he is taken up into a cloud into heaven, and they're amazed by this sight, as I'm sure you and I would be, and they're just standing there staring up into heaven. And while they're doing that, two angels appear and say to them, in the way that you saw Jesus leave, in the same way you will see him return when he comes. So those of us who are believers, look forward to the day that Christ indeed will physically, in bodily form, will come back from heaven to earth for us. One day Jesus will return to this world and establish an everlasting kingdom. Revelation 22, verse 12 says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give everyone according to his work. Those are the words of Jesus. The early church lived with the understanding that Jesus could return at any time, and they looked forward to it. Can I tell you today that no matter what you study about end times teaching, you should look forward to the return of Jesus and not be afraid of it. It's something that you should look forward to because we will see our Savior, our God, and our King face to face. The early church looked forward to it. They lived faithfully for God and worked diligently for the kingdom cause so that one day they would give an account for the work they did for Jesus and not be ashamed the followers of Jesus lived in a constant state of readiness. The question this morning is, are you in a constant state of readiness for when Jesus comes back? Or are you kind of fearfully pushing it off because you know you're not where you should be yet? Can I challenge you with a thought today to be always ready, not only morally, but also in terms of your service to the kingdom of God, be ready and unashamed for when he comes, you'll be ready to receive him. Let's look back again at Luke 12, 35 through 40 once more. He says, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Verse 35, be dressed and be ready for service. I feel like that is something that I used to have to say to my kids when they were younger And I had to get them ready for church. Believe it or not, when my kids were younger, it was tough to get them to church. That's why I often came by myself first, and then my wife would bring my kids. Because I knew if I had to wait for my little kids to be ready for church, that I was going to be late to church. And I can't be late to church. Imagine if you came to church, and I was late to church, right? That would be bad, wouldn't it? You're like, is church happening today? Where's the pastor? Like, you show up to church on time and the pastor's late. How bad would that look? But I remember we would sometimes say to our kids, okay, be dressed and ready for service. You need to be ready to go. So what would happen if I came to church late? You would be kind of saying, well, what kind of pastor is that? So we would sometimes travel separately so that I could get here on time and the kids would get here on time. Now that they're older, they are great about that. I don't have to tell them to get up and get ready for service. They're usually ready to go right out of the gate. But being dressed means you're ready to go, am I right? How many times have you had, like maybe you've tried to tell your kids or you've tried to tell your husband or your spouse, and you say like, are you ready to go? And they're like, yeah, I'm ready. And they're still in their pajamas, right? I know I'm not the only one, okay? Okay. Uh, And you're like, well, you don't look like you're ready to go. How do you know a person's really ready to go? A person's really ready to go when they're dressed, and not just dressed, but you've got your shoes on. I'll say, like, are you ready to go? And he's like, yeah, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, put your shoes on, man. And they're like, you're not really ready until your shoes are on. Let me make this point a little further. Have you ever gone on vacation and had to leave at 5 a.m. to make it on time for your flight? If you've ever had to do that, you know that you prepare the night before. Your bags are packed. Everything's ready to go. You may have even laid your clothes out on the bed or on your dresser and you showered the night before because you knew you probably weren't going to have enough uh, mental energy and emotional and physical energy to get yourself showered up. So you showered the night before so that you get out of bed. Immediately the first thing you do, what? You get dressed, you grab your suitcase, you head out the door. Why? Because you don't want to miss your flight. You don't want to be late, and you don't want to miss out on that. And even though that's a lot of work, and even though like, getting up that early is uh, stressful, I know that, like, even when we've gone on vacation, we've had to catch a flight at, that early, it's stressful. But, like, you, you, you are anticipating it, aren't you? You're, like, really looking forward. You're, like, soon, in three hours, I will be in 80-degree weather, right? You know, you'll be able to see, like, sun and sand, or you'll be able to go and enjoy uh, some of the things that you enjoy on vacation. So even though there's a, a little bit of stress about it, there's something you look forward to about it, and you... Recognize, I need to be ready because I don't want to miss out on that. This is the same attitude Jesus wants regarding his return. Anticipation, excitement, and readiness, and joy. Let me bring it home to an illustration that you might have had even this week. Some of you may have had hosted Christmas, am I right? Christmas or family gatherings, or a, maybe you're hosting a New Year's Eve party tonight and they're coming for Christmas, and when you're hosting the celebration at your house, there's a great deal of preparation that goes into getting everything ready. Your house is probably the cleanest it's ever been when you have people come over, am I right? It's never as clean regularly in your everyday life as it is when you know that you're entertaining guests, right? So you should almost like prepare to have somebody over once a week so your house stays really clean, right? But like you make sure the house is clean, right? You make sure everything is ready for when people show up. You prepare the food. You make sure that you're dressed and you're looking at your best when you're having people over because, you know, you're hosting and you want to make a good impression and you want to welcome people. And when you've got everything ready, what happens? Everybody just kind of stands around. You look out the window. You text people. You're like, are you, how far away are you? Are you close? And they're like, well, about half an hour away. And so you're kind of like, oh. And so you're, you're waiting and you're anticipating and you're looking forward to those people coming because why wow, you put a lot of preparation into it, right? This preparation is for the people that are coming. You really want them to enjoy it. So like you, you don't want them to not come, am I right? Even though it's stressful a little bit. And so what do you do? You, you stand by the door, you wait by the window and you kind of wait for them to come. And when they, when they come, what happens when, when that first guest shows up? It's joy, right? It's excitement. You're glad that they came. The door opens up. There's uh, you know, people kind of laughing. They're shouting. They're giving each other hugs. They're greeting one another. They're making each other happy. So there's joy in the person's arrival. Being ready for Jesus' return is a little bit like that. We're getting everything ready so that when he returns, we'll be ready to welcome him With joy and open arms. And just like when you host for your Christmas or New Year celebration, at the end of the day, it's exhausting, but it was all worth it, wasn't it? Because you said, man, everybody had a great time. That was a really good celebration we just had together. It's all worth it. Being ready for Jesus' return will be worth it. And when he comes, everything that you do for him will be worth it. But notice verse 37 of this passage and it really kind of stuck out to me because I was certain I was misreading this verse because it sounds like you know servants you got to be ready for the master's return so that when the master comes you know that you're ready for when he arrives and I'm reading verse 37 and I'm thinking to myself well this sounds like it's it's wrong in a way because You know, the servants should be taking care of the master, not the master taking care of the servants, but verse 37 says, and when he comes, he will wait on them. Isn't that a really interesting thought right there? Remember, this is a picture of Jesus, a metaphor for his return. And you would think like for the servants, be ready, be ready for his return so you can wait on him and serve him. But the master actually himself comes, puts on an apron, and serves his servants. He totally surprises them by coming in and waiting on them instead. Jesus uses this illustration to, the story to illustrate how we will reward those who are faithful to him. Now, it calls to mind two passages of Scripture in the Bible. The first is John 13. If you remember in John 13, at the Last Supper, what does Jesus do? Before he serves them, before they partake of the bread and the cup and the Passover meal, the very first thing that Jesus does is he, he takes off his outer garment, he wraps a towel around his waist, and he goes and he washes the disciples' feet. And he says to them, no servant is greater than his master. What I am doing for you, you must do for others. Right? So he's showing serving. If anybody deserved to be served and waited on, it was Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, but he is serving his disciples, and he is blessing them. The other passage of Scripture that comes to mind is Revelation 19, verses 6 through 9, where at the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb, he invites all those who are his saints, all those who are his believers, that when they finally make their way into heaven, that at this, in heaven there'll be this great feast and this great banquet that's given in honor of the lamb and those who are his saints, those who are his believers and followers, they won't be the one that's serving the meal, they won't be the one that's cleaning up after, but rather that will be served for you in honor of him. What a thought to think about when you think about it, isn't it? That here is this supper that's in honor of Jesus, but you will get to partake of it in its celebration. So it is a reward for those who are considered Jesus' true friends and followers. I'll be preaching from Matthew 25 later on uh, this year, and Matthew chapter 24 and 25 talks about Jesus' uh, stories about what will be, it be like before he returns, And in Matthew 25, he gives a story of the sheep and the goats. And the sheep represent those who are followers of Jesus who do what the master says. They help others. They stay faithful to his truth. And it it talks about the goats, and the goats are those who didn't take care of his fellow man, didn't follow the, the mandate that was given by the master. And it says that those who did what the master said he would do, they should do, were rewarded and blessed. And, and entered into the master's happiness. And those who didn't were punished and cast into utter darkness away from him. So, the idea of the reward that comes from heaven is for those that can be considered his friends and followers, those who really believe and follow what Jesus had to say. The question for us is are we truly friends and followers of Jesus? Because it's not just enough to simply say, well, I love Jesus but we don't do what he says. I love Jesus, but I don't go to church. I love Jesus, but I'm not good to my fellow man. If we're not doing those things, then we're not following through on what he has asked us to do. It's a sobering thought. Remember, be dressed and ready for service. So how can we do that? How can we be ready for the Lord's return in 2024? How can we be ready for his uh, arrival and his coming? Well, I want you to write these down because you'll be, we'll be talking about these throughout the year. Remember, the theme for this year is being ready for the Lord's return. How are we ready for that? First and foremost, be ready to pray. Be ready to pray. Jesus taught his disciples to pray and that they should always pray and never give up. What does that imply? It implies that sometimes as you pray, you may be inclined to give up. Am I right? You've ever been there? You've ever prayed and you wanted God to come through and you see the situation and it looks bad and you say, well, maybe I should stop praying. Pray and never give up. Next week, when we do our week of fasting and prayer, I'll encourage you to join us and be with us. We're gonna open the church each night of the week for a time of focused prayer as we pray and focus on the things of God. I encourage you, come out and pray with us. Show God that he's important and join us in those times of prayer. Secondly, be ready to follow. Be ready to follow. Follow what? Follow Jesus' commands. To be a disciple literally means to be a follower of Jesus. You can't be a follower of Jesus if you don't follow what he says and live by what he says. This is also about following the leading of the Holy Spirit, not just with the big things. Sometimes we look for God to speak to us in big ways, like he's calling us to missions. He's calling us to start a ministry. He's calling us to do something huge. Sometimes the best thing that you can do is follow the Spirit's leading in the small everyday things in life. Go and bless your neighbor. Go take a friend out to coffee. Go and tell somebody about Jesus. Be willing to follow his leading. Thirdly, be ready to give. Now, if you're visiting with us today, please understand that we don't want you to give in any way, shape, or form. We are just glad that you're here. If you'll fill out a visitor card, we would greatly appreciate that. But giving is more than just money. Do you realize that? We are a very generous church. We love to give. We support many ministries and and many missionaries. But giving is more than money. The Lord wants us to give of ourselves, our time, our talents, for God's kingdom, and that there may be things too, in addition to giving of ourselves and our time and our talents to serve. Sometimes we're very comfortable in writing a check, but then we don't volunteer or serve anywhere. You know it's just as helpful as giving? Serving. Serve and help others. Volunteer and do good, and that's a blessing as well. Another aspect of giving too is sometimes God might ask you to give up certain things. Some sins, some habits, some behaviors. These might be things that you've been trying to give up for a long time and you can't do it. No matter how hard you try because you enjoy it too much. Can I challenge you with the thought to give up certain things so that you're ready for his return? Fourthly, be ready to serve Serving others is how we put the words of scripture into action. Faith without works is dead to those around us. You can believe God for great things, but if you're not praying, if you're not serving, if you're not helping, nobody knows that you're a Christian. Because they don't see it being carried out in the way that you live, speak and act. We need to pair our faith with our actions so that people see. Be ready to serve not just in your in this church but in the world around you. The question is, are you serving Jesus here and are you serving him out there? And if not, why? Fifthly, you might not like this one too much. Be ready for challenges. Uh, You know, every 2024 message, every New Year message is like, this year is gonna be the year of blessing. This year is gonna be the year of your outpouring. This year is gonna be the year of acceleration. Can I tell you people preach that in 2022? How many people preach that, that 2020 breakthrough message? How many people preach that 2020 vision message, like seeing clearly what God wants to do? You know, and how did that work out? Was that, the year, was that your season? Was that your breakthrough? No, it wasn't. But scripturally speaking, I can promise you, and you don't have to lay, don't lay hold of this promise, okay? I'm, I'm saying that you'll probably face challenges this upcoming year. Challenges for serving God. Challenges for doing the right thing. Challenges within your family. Challenges within your home. Challenges within your workplace. Why do I say that? Because Jesus said it. Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart, don't give up. I've overcome it, and I will bring you through it. Lastly and finally, the last be ready is be ready to share. Be ready to share the message of Jesus with others. Uh, There should be no covert, undercover Christians at Living Hope Church. There should be nobody that's like, you know, you are a undercover spy for Jesus. Like, no one here should be living in such a way that people are like, are they Christian? Are they not Christian? You should be able to know with certainty that the people that are in this church live for Jesus and love Jesus and serve him. How do you, will people know that? Because you talk about him with other people. You know, sometimes we're like, well, I don't want to offend anybody. I don't, want to, I don't want to, like, trouble anybody. You can share Jesus without being offensive. Did you know that? You can do that without being obnoxious. You can do that without being awful to people. You can share Jesus in a loving, gracious, and kind way, but share Jesus somehow, some way. Whether it be like, you know what, I want to share this word of encouragement that I found in the, God's word today. Can I share a scripture with you that's always encouraged me? Or when someone says, hey, I'm going through a really tough time, you could say, you know what, can I pray for you about that? And they will say, oh, yeah, that'd be great. And then say, can I pray for you right now? And sometimes they'll say yes, but sometimes they'll say no, but give an opportunity for God to be able to use you in those moments. When you're talking with a neighbor and they're talking about like, they're not sure what their purpose in life is and you say, you know what's really helped me? It's like God has helped me in my life to be able to share this with other people that he's given me direction, he's given me guidance, he's given me peace. God can and will direct you, but be ready to share. So to be ready means that you give your yes to Jesus. Are you willing to in 2024, That when God asks you to do these things, are you willing to give him your yes? Not your I'll pray about it, okay? Can we just get that out of the way? Uh, The Christian's excuse when they want to say maybe or I'd rather not is usually I'll pray about it, and they usually don't. It's true, okay? But are you willing that you say, you know, Lord, you said it, so I must do it, so I'm ready to give you my yes, Are you ready to give your church your yes this year? Are you ready to give the community your yes this year? So you can say yes to Jesus and that when he comes, should he come this year, should he come 10 years from now, that when he does come, he'll come and he'll find you doing what he told you to do in the first place. So that when he comes it'll be like that when you had people over and you open the door and you say, you're here I can't believe you're here. I've been waiting for you to come. It's such a joy to see you. I'm so glad that you're here. Look, everything's ready for you. Wouldn't that be awesome? Instead of like being the Christian it's like, I'm not ready. I hope I hope I'll be ready for when he comes. Maybe, maybe I'll be ready and it's kind of hit or miss. Be someone that's ready for when he comes and welcome him with open arms. Welcome him with joy because he said, We followed your instructions. We heard what you said, we took it seriously, and we did it. Come in, we're ready to receive you. What a joy that will be when he comes. I'm getting excited just talking about it this morning. What an excitement to be, because that's what the gospel is the joy of Jesus' coming, the joy knowing that you belong to him and that you can be saved. Will you let 2024 be the year of your yes to Jesus? Will you pray with me this morning? Will you bow your heads? One of the things that we would love to do with you today is at the end of service, after I've closed in prayer, we'd like to open up these altars the front of this building for you. If you would like to receive prayer this morning for your 2024, maybe your 2023 has been anything but great. And you would like to receive prayer for a blessing for your upcoming year that God would be with you and God would help you. I want you to know today that these altars are open to receive you and that we'll stand with you and pray and believe God for great things for your situation. But I wonder if we can just take a moment and pray right now. And pray that God would help us say yes to what He wants in this coming year and that we'll be ready without shame to, for when He returns. So let's do that today. Whether you're praying with us here or online, let's pray together. So, gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise of your word that you will indeed return. We look forward to your coming. And I pray, God, that you would help each and every one of us to be ready, we'll, that we would examine ourselves that we would check our heart, our motivation, and our actions, and that, Lord God, we respond to this call this year to be ready for your return. And I pray that we would be diligent about these things so that when you return, Lord, we would receive you with joy and that, Lord, that you would commend us for being faithful to your word, not just to the promises but to your commands to help others, to share the gospel, to make disciples. I pray you would help us do that today. And, Lord, give us the strength and the courage to make these decisions. And we pray a blessing over this upcoming year for each and every person as they follow and walk with you. For, Lord, it is a blessing to walk with you. Lord, it may be hard at times, but, Lord God, there are times that we can look back and say you were with us every step of the way. So bless each person, we pray, both now and this upcoming year, In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings to worship with us. We are located at 267 College Highway in Southwick, Massachusetts. For more information about Living Hope Church, visit us online at www.livinghopechurchag.org.